was a gentleman named Wesley Hill. Just died a couple of weeks ago. Wesley Hill and his family for 50 years would pull all the daredevils out of the Niagara Gorge. All the barrel riders, all the tightrope walkers, all the daredevils. You want some sexy? You want to laugh? Licensed to talk. Licensed to talk is sponsored by Goodspeed Beverage Center. 2202 Seneca Street. They got seltzers, heavy beers, light beers. Stop in, quench your thirst at Goodspeed Beverage Center. First in Buffalo, Fireman owned and operated 391 Abbey Road custom t-shirts, custom hats. Get your custom gear at First in Buffalo. Mr. Submarine, 1977 South Park Avenue, serving South Buffalo since 1963. Lowest prices in town, try the ham sub. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve. They are stocked and ready to rock. 2182 Seneca Street. Stop by on their Instagram. The Rocket is stocked and ready to rock for you. You got to see the action there on Seneca Street. Vinyl Vibes. Check out Vinyl Vibes on the gram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. Vinyl stickers, decals, custom designs created by our boy Quails at Vinyl Vibes. Charlie's Boatyard. 1111 Furman Boulevard. Great fish fries, great service, and delicious drinks at Charlie's Boatyard. And of course, Dog Ears Bookstore, 688 Abbott Road. Don't get your coffee from Timmy when you can get it from Tommy. And uh, don't forget, we are listener supported now, Marky. We are now on Patreon. All you got to do, click on our social media. It's $3 a month, new content. We have Stories from the Second Floor, the first movie. Edgewood to Hollywood, our second movie. And now our new movie created animation by Mark Barrett himself, A Natural Gas, starring Wilbur Fulton. Check it out. More to come. You never know what's going to come on the Patreon. Podcast is free. Check us out. $3. Just like buying a beer. You can't buy a beer. You can't tip a bartender. So help us out. All right, Marky. Episode 62. We are here. With from the Associated Press, John Warrow rhymes with sorrow. Sorrow. It does. J- John what, is a friend a, of mine. Told me that years and years and years and years ago, and he's right. And we'll find out how that's connected in a minute. <laughs> John comes from Toronto. We went to Ryerson. Canadian boy. Grew up in Windsor, Ontario. Actually, oh. I was born in Toronto, but I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, across from Motor City. So, I'm pretty much. The way growing up in Windsor is like you're always focused towards Detroit. So, you know, I was really half American because Canada really didn't begin until you hit Chatham, which is like 45 minutes out of town. Yeah, we always talk about that. Like we're Canadian surfers. Yeah, we have like a surfer Canadian accent that like uh, mixes. And we say we say we say right. And you say a like that's that's like the difference. It's the same exact thing. Oh, oh, my wife, she, she's from Eastern Ontario. She's got, she's still, she, people can still pick her out in her Canadian <laughs> accent. But, uh, I, I mean, growing up in Detroit, it's like we, we picked up a Detroit a, um, accent almost because it was like Red Pap. Yeah. They, 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 they lengthened their A's. And yeah. so that was, that was the thing in Windsor. But yeah, I mean, we went to concerts in Detroit. I, I had the best of both worlds. I could go see, um, you know, you know, uh, we went to go see Tiger games, Red Wing games. 
so many concerts at Cobo Hall, at, at uh, Joe Louis Arena, saw the, saw the Who, well, well, the Clash at, at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, they, they seem to be backing up the Who, but I was there for the Clash. And sure. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great being able to live in Windsor and get the benefits of Canada and still get the benefits of everything that Detroit had to offer. The bolt of both, bolt, yeah. yeah. The best thing of both worlds. <laughs> I know a lot of guys that love being dual because dual citizenship, it's, it's like a gift from God, my cousin says all the time. <laughs> he goes, I could come in here. I can go in there. Even even now during a the, during the lockdown or the border lockdown, it's still like that. I can still, yeah, well, I'm, we're, we're still, my wife and I are permanent residents, so we still haven't given up our Canadian citizenship. I don't, th- I don't know if we will because I think we want to eventually move back whenever. Oh, sure. So, well, you came to Buffalo, but first you were covering the Vancouver Grizzlies. I was first, yes, I was, uh, I um, was covering the Grizzlies when uh, I was in Vancouver for 87 to 2000. So what's that, thir- 13 years? And I worked my way up. And when the Grizzlies came to town, the Associated Press needed um, somebody dedicated to covering the NBA um, just because because the emphasis on the NBA as opposed to covering the Grizzlies as a hometown team, which is what Canadian press did covered because that's their audience. Whereas the AP's audience is more international. So I covered the, we wanted somebody to, they wanted somebody to cover the NBA. Somehow I got the, well, I guess the, the, the short straw, but um, a lot of losing. But uh, once I, I worked that into covering the Canucks, when Mark Messier got traded to Vancouver, and so it became a, I became a full-time freelancer. I quit my job and just covered, did just freelance work for for the last two, for two years until the AP brought me to Buffalo. So you're their ex- expansion. Grizzlies, are you there when they start? Yes, I was there. How I, I I actually broke the story for I was working for a small nine paper um, news service that that I covered I covered sports in Vancouver for nine papers across British Columbia. So I would, I would be covering the Canucks, but I actually broke the story that the Grizzlies were were coming. So um, and that was '95, and or it was probably '94. They started in '95. So yeah, I was there from the beginning, and uh, Big Country Reeves, and yeah, Big Country. I was going to say that's the only guy I remember. <laughs> well, uh, people should remember Sharif Abdurrahim, one of the oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the slick one of the he he was. I mean, he had the greatest first step for a big man, and this beautiful soft shooting touch that if he if he wound up playing for a team that made the playoffs or for 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 a regular contender people would know his name a lot more today than what his career wound up being did he have controversy was there no that was the other one that was that was uh sharif abdur raouf okay with that was with the um sitting not standing for the anthem yeah but ahead of his time kind of yes yeah he was with the nuggets i want to say but no sharif abdur rahim really quiet he was quiet to begin with he was a 19 year old drafted out of cal and just shy as can be but i watched him grow into a man and that was that was a, a neat thing to watch he's one of the favorite athletes that i've covered right uh writing in the M- nba in canada was it kind of like this is this is great because no one's going to hammer me basketball is a big thing in canada yeah. whether you know it or not especially with the diverse community that's in vancouver where it's 
Um, and I think the same thing that in Toronto, but there was there's a large Asian community that was drawn to basketball in Vancouver. And really the reason they left wasn't because of a lack of, despite their losing, it wasn't because of a lack of support. They still had 13,000 season ticket holders when they left. Wow. And it was only because FedEx was buying into the NBA and moving them to Memphis is why it, th there was also the players didn't players thought Vancouver, despite being two hours north of Seattle, thought it was like Alaska. Right. So there was that there was that against them as well. Yeah, I mean, so it wasn't a hard sell when they started. No, no, people welcomed it, and it just it just it was just too bad that it failed. But I still maintain the biggest sin the NBA ever committed was was moving out of Seattle. Oh yeah, the, the SuperSonics were what 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 the bills are to buffalo you know it, it it the supersonics leaving seattle was just a sin that should never have happened it's like no no different than the you know browns leaving cleveland right when once you're a rap lyric you you can't really get rid of the team you know <laughs> yeah. he raps about them like just leave them alone yeah. now great, people will never know what it is great colors fun to watch oh, you yeah. know a great i mean George Carl was there when I was there. Uh, he was the coach, and just you know, you had the the glove, Gary Payton, um, Kemp, Kemp, Kemp was there. Um, but I mean, they're they're written into the singles uh, yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what's her name? Um, oh yeah, uh, Bacon's wife. Um, yeah. Um, she's she's a huge fan of the of the Supersonics. That's how big they were, and it was cool to be. That was the hip thing to do in mm -hmm. Seattle is to be a basketball fan. Getting into writing. Uh, period. Is this always what you wanted? Was it always sports writing? Were you interested in sports? I don't little? think there's anything else I could do than no. write. Um, just because it's just the way I'm built. I, 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 God knows what what I could have been. This is the only thing I could have done. I think to actually, you know, to, to make a life for myself because I, I, I'm just wired this way. Um, uh, but no, it, it, I didn't get into sports writing immediately. I, I covered everything. I've covered murder trials. I've covered um, uh, entertainment. I w I, I've interviewed Jim Carrey. I, I got to see the, Sto the Stone Temple Pilots. I, get, I would get passes to shows in Vancouver, the Stone Temple Pilots. First tour ever out of L.A. And they were a, a garage thrash band. Yeah. They were nothing like that first album. Right. <laughs> They were. I'm going. Who the heck? Is, I, I. But no. I. I've. I've covered a lot of. You know. Like I said, police, politics. Um, I've met prime ministers. I've. Um, which actually I think really helped me, um, evolve into a, a more complete writer rather than just being a, a, a sports writer, because once you're able to cover sp uh, news, the breaking news stuff, you can cover anything. Because you have to become good at it first. Well, that's the thing, and and my you can't look at the top as Kurosawa would say. No, no, you can, you can't, and 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 I've always said it's like you know you, you hear kids coming out of college, and there were kids coming out of journalism school back, you know, even in my day. Oh, I'm not going to cover no high school sports. That's beneath me, or I'm not going to be covering you know this beat because that's beneath me. Um, when I was covering before I, I, I before I moved my way up to the AP. My first job in Vancouver was, was covering high school sports for um, a community paper. 
um, a large community paper, a large chain of community papers. But I, when, when Pitt Meadows and Maple Ridge, and people may be familiar with Maple Ridge, it's where Larry Walker was born, yeah. where Cam Newton is, uh, no, Cam, um, Cam, uh, Neely. Cam Neely is from. Um, to cover high school sports, when Maple Ridge played Pitt Meadows in high school basketball on a Friday night, that was the thing. Yeah. And that's, and that's why basketball was big in Vancouver, because there was a there was a large uh, high school basketball was the thing. And, and I treated that as if, you know, I'm, I'm covering the, you know, Bill's dolphins or, yeah. you know, or, yeah, right. And, and, but, but if you treat it that way, if you respect the craft and you, tr I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be giving hard questions to some 17 <laughs> year old kid who missed a three free throw. Right. But if you treat it res with respect and you're writing about development, basically. Right. Well, well, but it's, you're not going to be asking the hard questions right. or, or, or like, but you watch that person play three, four times. You write right. two or three articles, you know how they play, you know what they do, but I, you right. write for this, this team, but you're not going to be ripping them, but you're still, yeah. but, but this is my job. This is the biggest thing in Maple Ridge pit meadows <laughs> yeah. that's happening. And that's the way I treat everything. If I'm at a Sabres game, I treat it no different. It's almost like a Dickie Dunn, the Charlestown Chiefs. How uh, the Chiefs took the Milky White Ice. Like, you, you make it, like, you paint the picture for these people. Who cares if it's a World Series or if it's a high school basketball my audience my audience is it's it's it, it, my audience is my audience. Right. How, right. However small or large or, or provincial it might be. My audience has always been my audience, and it's my it's my job. It's 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 my duty to the craft mm -hmm. to inform that audience on on why this is important. Right, and and then like the jack of all trades too, right? Because now social media gets involved. You're probably does the whole game change with that? Yeah, it does, and it's 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 well, I've I've had a tough day on social media for <laughs> whatever, but it's just like screw it. I, it's changed everything. It's good. Yeah, it, but it comes with good and bad. Um, and the problems I have with social media is that you cannot express yourself. Uh, it, once, you, once you've done something, it's there and whatever. And You're it, not taking into consideration what was going on in John Warrow's life at the time. Exactly. Or nothing. It, it, it's, 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 hey, this guy's wrong and that's it. But it's like, <laughs> and, and we've made, we've formed an opinion immediately and, uh, and and that's fine too that's yeah. fine too i mean i'm i'm big enough to, to say that's my bust and like whatever but um i think people forget especially on social media how immediate it is and who is that there is actually a person not an not mm -hmm. an avatar right yeah just on the other side yeah so and i'm not trust me I am not trying to make this out about me or me feeling no. sorry for myself, but I think people need to take that into account. Yeah, yeah. you're a great follow, and that's how I got to know you years ago. You're, oh, so you're the one. <laughs> and we and we really uh, we really like how you stick to the facts. And okay, sometimes I'm wrong. Recently, yeah. I oh, screwed up Milano. I screwed up Milano, and that, that's on me. And I know exactly what I did wrong. I'm not going to go into detail, but yeah. that was – I know exactly what I did wrong, and I screwed that up. Yeah, but I don't think you did. You were, you're a fucking human being, John. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what these guys got to realize. These super fans with their jerseys jumping through fucking tables got to relax and know this is entertainment, and you're reporting what your sources have told you, and sometimes – People aren't perfect. Well, things things did change, and but but the reason why it's my bust 
is because I should have realized things had a possibility of changing without being so definitive. When it comes to the Kruger thing, Kruger was not going to be fired that next day. And, and I, you don't hold your breath that he's going to be fired tomorrow. So the fact that he got fired eight days later after four different, four more losses, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna yeah. get to Bagulville a little later. But how you've evolved from high school sports in Vancouver and the Vancouver Grizzlies and expansion team to where you are now in media with this Twitter, you would have never fucking thought about it. No, you no. would have never thought this would have happened. You would have. Thought- we were using faxes back then. No one could get a. F- yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, you know I, when John or when. Jim said we were going to interview you. I I don't do any research, and I just asked a friend. I was like, "Oh, you know this John Warro guy, you know." And you can say Warro. Uh, it doesn't and matter. And I've, says, I've been called worse. And he people goes, people think, have misspelled yeah. my byline, and, so, and it's on the AP wire, and they they put it in the paper. And some editor goes, "Nah, that can't be right. There's too many freaking W's." So I was like, I go, "How did they do that?" Yeah, but and uh, the guy was like, "Yeah, I think I used to follow him on Twitter," and I was like, "Oh, this is Jim's guy. Like, this is the perfect guy for Jim." to talk to like somebody was like yeah he used to follow but they always come back don't they john because they need the facts and they got to see what you're up to they do or they want yeah. they, they want to troll me with something so yeah like, whatever so flutie mania happens yeah and you're a, you're a canadian writer and you are in buffalo then. no well flutie? it was well no flutie uh okay so yeah, how i do get, you get to your nba anyway what's that how, how do you get from nba to nfl anyway as an AP, well, I mean, you, what happened was, was the Grizzlies were leaving. And so I went to the AP, my AP, I went to New York City to the AP headquarters. I'm a, I'm a freelancer, um, but I've done a pretty good job, I think. And, and, and um, Chris Sheridan, who still covers basketball, but not for the AP, says, Waro, you've got, he took me under his wing, Waro, you've got to go talk to Terry Taylor, the sports editor, and demand that she, she offer you a job. Because the only thing I wanted to do was I just got married and we were thinking of, I'm going, well, the Grizzlies are leaving. There goes a lot. That's 60% of my freelance work. Yeah. And I was making good coin. Mm-hmm. And 60% was going to be a huge dent, especially in American money at that time. Mm-hmm. The, the Canadian dollar was at 67 cents. I'm getting paid in American? Come on. Come on. Yeah. So um, I'm going, well, maybe I can, re- I can do this gig for the AP in Toronto. And my wife's from Eastern Ontario, so it's closer to home for both of us because I can't, I don't think I can make a living here in, in Vancouver. And um, that's when Sheridan goes, you gotta march into Terry's office and demand that you, you, she give you a job. So it was December 24th, 1999, when Terry Taylor, our sports editor called me. I got tipped off the day before and she said, um, she said, what about Buffalo? Great. Yeah. It, Turned out, and and um, it turned out to be a really great thing in a lot of ways, aside from the fact that Windsor, excuse me, Buffalo is a lot like the blue collar town that Windsor was when I was growing up. Yeah, um, I my I come from a, a family of uh, of bar owners in Windsor. Uh, and like corner bar places, yeah, like just yeah. the kind of yeah. places we all like. exactly, yeah. You know, this is and and so you know when we got here, it's like I'm going. Ah, this is exact. I I know what this place is because yeah. I grew up here, in, in, in the same kind of thing. So, but aside from that fact, my wife couldn't work in the states on my visa. She's a teacher, and thankfully, Buffalo's a border town. 
And so she goes across back and forth all the time. And, you know, people go, well, is that a hassle? It's like her closest school from our doorstep in the El Elmwood Village is 10 minutes. She yeah. has a 10-minute commute. <laughs> so um, I don't know what she would have done if I would have gotten a job in St. Louis. Not because we would have been stuck right in the middle of the nation and she can't work. So we would have yeah. driven her crazy. Um, but, yeah, so that, I mean, I mean but... I don't know what the question was, but that's, I mean, coming to Buffalo was, was really a great thing. And I, I love this. I love this region. I love the fact that um, it, it is a, it is an undiscovered gem, you know, in, in North America. And, and it's a, it's a real town where you it can is. actually feel it. You, you can feel, I always compare it to, I know I'm going way off topic here, but it's kind of like, Without the gentrification and all that stuff, it's kind of like a New Orleans of the uh, of the North. That's a, you know, I never heard that. That's good. I like that because it it has its own distinct culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bet your ass. Right? No, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. And 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 yet, you know, people know. But but you know, even when it comes down to, to, to food and and just the people and just you know just what downtown's like and you know it doesn't have the Bourbon Street, but it, Buffalo still has. It kind of does though. Right, got the four a.m. You know, the, it, the, yes. I mean, if we're going back there. Well, if, if you want to stick to four a.m. before, I mean, I've been to the Swanee House till <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna be good friends, John. <laughs> so you get here and it's post Flutie, or well, you're oh covered. right, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So I got so we got here on February 29th, ninth, two thousand. Okay. So uh, my first bill season was. My first bill season was Flutie uh, ripping his groin in training camp. Yeah. And uh, that was his last year here. So I got here uh, maybe two or three weeks after they cut Thurman, Andre, and Bruce. So it was the Tennessee game. It was the, it was the, yeah, I watched the Music City Miracle in my living room knowing I was coming to Buffalo. Knowing oh. I was coming to Buffalo, I go, well, we, we got to turn this game on. And so we turned the game on, and, and all of a sudden, you're going at ah, that 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 went backwards. <laughs> I was laughing. That the went whole backwards. Time. Like, yeah. come on, they're gonna they're gonna overturn this thing. It's like, uh, so you, yeah, you got your first introduction to how bad we have it here. Well, right but, there, because right. you've seen it. Right, you've seen it with your own eyes. Oh, and being in Vancouver, it's like you know, you guys were up to like three thirty in the morning watching watching the no goal game. Oh, oh no yeah. goal in Vancouver. That was like eleven thirty at night. Yeah. So I was still up, and I'm going. And I, I remember Dave Hodge on CBC, just like, just what the heck? Did you write? Did you write a story about I, that? No I, goal. I didn't need to because I wasn't covering. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't covering the Sabers back then. Yeah. So I was covering the Canucks and the Grizzlies, I and mean, they had their own issues. Even McLean got into that in yeah. the NHL awards. And to me, should have been cleared out. Doesn't bother me either way. Brad Hall. Everybody. I have a Hall St. Louis captain shirt that I got from Hall of Fame. Yep. And they're like, how dare you wear that <laughs> Buffalo? I said, you know what? Hull picked the United States of America. That's what I always say. Because Hull could have played for right. Team Canada sure. for years. And how many goals did he have with the St. Louis to one year? Almost oh, yeah. 80? Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, probably the second best American-born player, arguably, in the history. Right. Our buddy from McKinley Parkway, number yep. 88. He's probably got it now, Pretty I would much. think. Yes, yeah. yes. So now you insert yourself... And we're going to do a lot of losing now, John Worrell. From 2000 to other than the Bills. 07. To, uh, 07. Well, no, I, but no, I will tell you that when I walked into that locker room, I mean, I, the, I mean, the Sabres, the Bills, you didn't know they were going to be bad. 
but um, for that long. And I still, but I, although one of the, one of my distinct memories is watching um, Bledsoe get the sack fumble that's returned for a touchdown to close that game in 2004 against the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Willie Parker game. With the Willie Parker game. Oh. And Terrence McGee in the locker room saying, who is this Willie Parker? The guy who just ran 120 yards. <laughs> I remember, I, he got into, uh, he was getting picked high in fantasy drafts after that. And right. He's almost gotten into fist fights because the Willie Parker game. <laughs> now, a lot of, because you forget because it wasn't the internet back then. If they would have won, they still wouldn't have got in, right? No, they would have. They would have? Well, the Jets would have had to lose, but the Jets were playing, I believe, in St. Louis. Don't quote me on this. Yeah. But they would have had, they did lose that game, but they would have had the foresight of knowing whether they had to win, but they still had to win that game. Yeah, okay. So so there was that, but that was, I mean, I still remember that, but I, you go back, to, we were talking about the Sabres in 05. I walk into that locker room the first day of training camp and you could sense that that was a team um well my my first year covering pro sports for this bc wire service i got i started in november of 1983 covering the canucks and five months later they were going to the stanley cup finals against the rangers yeah so i know what winning winning teams look like and i walked into that locker room in 05 and you're going, this team is going to be good. You just, you sensed it. Scary good. Well, right, right. But you yeah. sensed it. It's like, you know, the, you've got Briere here. You've got Drury here. You've got Miller behind you. You've got Jay McKee sitting there. And there was just a lot. It, it, it resonated. The confidence in that room resonated. So their run did not surprise me. And they should have won that game. They, 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 they. If not for Jay McKee, and I got to cover Game Seven in in in, in Raleigh. Oh, oh man! God. We're, hold on, let me get another couple beers here. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. We're talking but, Doug Janik now. Well, Doug Janik, and it's like I because it's my it was my wife's birthday on June on June the first, so that game was played June first, and I could have flown down to Raleigh the night before. I said ah, I'll wake up with my wife on her birthday, and there's going to be no traffic down well, there. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. The game. Well, no, but it, it, I just figured it's like I can catch an easy flight at at six out of Buffalo into Raleigh, and I, I can be there in time for the game, and that's fine. Little did I realize, as I'm pulling up to the airport, GR is reporting that Jay McKee didn't make the trip. Oh, thank you. And oh, Jesus! So I had a layover. I had a 35-minute layover in, in Baltimore. There's a bunch of Sabres fans on my flight, too, and they, for some reason, I guess, well, they, they knew who I was. So I'm in, I'm in the, the waiting room for, like, like just, just in, in, in BWI on a chair with my computer getting confirmation that Jay McKee did not make the trip with the Sabres to Carolina. And as I'm writing the story, I've got nine Sabres fans behind me just watching me write and as I said, Jay McKee did not make the trip. It's like it's the minute uh, I said did not make, you, you oh. pre-Twitter, yes, and Facebook right. even. I don't even know what, like, what's uh, the other one. MySpace. Yeah, there was. Was it even? I don't. Even so you were writing, MySpace. You were writing straight to a 
I, I, I've got a, I, I had like one of those little remote um, Wi-Fi things or whatever, or like, like whatever they, they even called them back then. Palm Pilot? I, I, no, and I was running on my computer. Oh, okay. And, and we, we had like one of the first kind of like remote. It wasn't a Wi-Fi thing. It was a phone thing even. It was a big package of something, and I turned it on, and I could connect, hook it into my computer, and it became like a phone. Wow. And so I filed it that way and got on the flight and flew down to Raleigh. And I still remember... You know, Golisano, and I've written about this, Golisano and Chris Dury crying in really? the locker room after the game. And Golisano consoling him, saying, there's going to be more. We're, we're going to have more. Um, so that was, and, and that, that, that was chilling. And, and, but you'd, and then what happened the following year, and then the Black Sunday with Greer and Dury going, um, you wondered if, if, they'd ever, if, if Buffalo would ever have a winner again. But... No, I know losing. I know losing. But yeah. you know, when McDermott and Bean got here in that first season, I recognized that things had changed. Yeah. So is it almost like they were they were given confidence and okay, boys, go ahead. They took it. They took it. They took it. They demanded it. Oh, they wow. demanded it. That's written into the contracts that that there is they they have full control of that operation. No Russ Brandon, no right. no ownership, no whatever. No Overdorf, no right. none of these this guys. Is, this is we what we say goes. And really, you know, when you go back to the Sabres, that's what the Sabres need under the Pagulas. And why the Pagulas can't see that is beyond me because it, it's like if they have blinders. They have blinders because I think the Bills are going to be very good for a long time. How they identified Josh Allen to be their guy and the amount of time it took and the amount of time and the amount of moves it took for Bean to move his way up to number seven. Whoops. Yeah. Um, I talk with my hands sometimes. Oh, that's all right. Um, and um, it, that is a professional outfit. And I, no one should screw with that. They keep those people in a bubble and like leave them there. Almost like a, like a Bret Hart contract to go on a Canadian wrestling thing. 20 year contract, boys. Right. <laughs> right. That's nobody would have a problem with it in this town. No. Set almost like uh, be the first ones to ever do this. Be like, yeah, we own the team, but uh, being a McDermott, it's their, it's their show. What's, I mean, and what's remarkable, what, what actually, what's impressive is that unlike what's happened with the Sabres and Kruger and, and, and Bilesma and, and Phil Housley, McDermott's voice hasn't become old. Mm-hmm. And that because it, because the culture that he's established and the influence he has with the veteran veteran presence he has in the room, who actually relay his message. I mean, we all got tired of the process and we got all all tired of this, but the players didn't. Mm-hmm. And well, that's and that's important. And and that's what we saw in Lindy Ruff. Lindy overstayed his welcome, but Lindy had an agenda every time he stepped to the microphone to to speak to the media. And it was, he knew he was speaking directly to his locker room and he was going to send a message. McDermott's a little bit different, but Lindy, Lindy knew how it worked and got the most out of his guys. One of the most, one of the best Western New Yorkers, transplant Western New Yorkers of all time. Sure. Right. He got this place. Oh, did he ever get it? I played in charity games (laughs) with him. I've sat next to him at a bar. And he he knows the little shots to take. He, you talk about pulse, John. Right. This guy's got it. And you said it a little while ago. Culture, and that's what the Bills have. Did the Sabers lose culture on Black 
Sunday because they kind of screwed themselves in an executive down the road in Chris Drury. You know what I mean? They, they Say s- if, if Drury stays here, who knows what's going on here right now? That was that was the definitive day for, for, for the Sabres. I mean, you could – sure, the drought starts and whatever, but they've not won a playoff game since – or a playoff series since. Like we always say, oh. uh, South Buffalo and <clears throat> Timmy Kennedy was – Third star in my mind in our last playoff game. He, I mean, he had a hell of a game, and he that was like the last effort almost against grown men. Mark Recchi, I don't know who else was on that Boston off the top of my head. Obviously, Chara and those guys. But the hard work, if they would have never did that with Drury and Breer, who knows what the culture would become right now. It, I mean... Well, that's how everybody, they, when you talk well, Sabres, that's right. how it starts. I mean, they, they ripped the core out of that team. Yeah. Um, and it's, aside from the fact that they were their number one and two centers. Yeah. yeah. When, and, and this game is built around centers. And they, I, I remember Darcy, I, I, me getting, Darcy actually, you know, trying to defend him himself for signing Tim Connolly to a nine, two year nine million dollar deal. He had to. It, but but because he had no centers. And we're going now we're now we're <clears throat> seeing it again with Skinner almost and we'll get to that. Well but, right. But yeah. I mean by Skinner the, the the problem is that the, the fourth the five of the four four of the five highest paid players on the Sabres are not centers. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have a guy in the middle getting a puck out. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well so we're, let's get right to the – I think the start of the uh, problem with the Sabres, we go to Ron Ralston. Is oh, that, that was bad. I mean, Black that Sunday was... was bad, and that took a lot of wind out of the sails that we had. And then you had, you had to sign Vanek, the offer sheets from uh, Edmonton, right. and did Kevin Lowe break a, a unwritten rule that day? Well, and, let's remember the Sabres were backed into a corner. They lose Drury and Breer. And they so had. All of a sudden, but in retrospect, they should have let Edmonton have Bannock. I they mean, and, and Vanek was a good player. And who do we get to draft them with those picks? Right. That's, Nugent that, Hopkins. That's what the thing is. Ta- they got- is it Taylor Hall? Is he in there? Maybe we missed it by oh, a year, maybe? Oh, seven. Might have been, it would have been close. Mm-hmm. Would have been close. But, it, it, I mean, Ron Rolston was – you remember this guy, Marky? Yeah. He didn't wear hockey gloves while he was running the practice. Didn't he? he wore garden <laughs> mitts gloves. Or garden gloves. Yeah, garden yeah, gloves. They called them right. garden gloves. But it's 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 there's so many things that have gone wrong with the Sabres over the last ten years that Ron Rolston's presence doesn't make a difference. It's been a series of bad luck, bad signings, and just mismanaged opportunities when to to go to thrust yourself into and i've said this said this recently to thrust to to to, to have the end all and be all to lose and that's the tank now now say what you love about the tank yeah but the problem was there was there was no the focus just became lose for losing sake without developing anything behind the guys that there's going to be something in place whether it's from coming up from the minors or on the team when Eichel gets here. Eichel gets here is like, okay, here you go. It's your team. Yeah. <laughs> Let the playoffs come. Here's Let's a, do it. Here's a guy who played fourth line on his junior team. You right. Know? Right. That, I mean that. And and so there was no. Th- and then 
I, I, I really think the worst move that was made was Tim Murray's first, and that was bringing in Evander Kane and Zach Bogosian. Um, Evander Kane's a good player, a very good player. But if you're going to be building your team around young players, impressionable players, Evander Kane is, Kane is the wrong guy to bring in. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah. That's no. That, yeah. that, that is it. Yeah. Because if you if you want you want Briere and Drury. I mean, Gianta had no chance. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, Gianta had no chance to counteract what Evander Kane was in that locker room. Neither did Ryan O'Reilly. And then it, th- things just got <laughs> things just got stupid real quick. And 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 here we are. And yeah. I I still think you have to consider Kevin Adams has to consider ripping it down to the studs and starting with an under-25 team with or without Jack Eichel oh, and starting from scratch. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to give Risto a nice team. That's all I that, think. Go send him somewhere nice. Bottle had a plan to trade him two years ago, and when Kruger arrived, Kruger fell in love with Risto, and now we're hey, two years. he's the years, only one that's got the ethic. Yeah, we're seems. two years later, and, 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 and Rasmus Ristolainen still wonders, is it him? Yeah. I could see how he could. No, take he it. does. Yeah, he. I, I know yeah. he. What is this me? Yeah, because he's been here for for the whole thing. Is this me, or you know, can I succeed somewhere else? I yeah. said to him the other day, "Do you realize he's been here eight years?" Right. The poor. And he's guy. only twenty-five. The poor guy. Yeah, let let him go. Let him get somewhere nice and. I mean, it, given the keys to to Jack, when he just seems like a little kid, you're like, yeah, kid, <laughs> you know. And that's what you mean by not backing him up. If you would have, if you would have had guys in line for two years, maybe even some uh, NCAA free agents that are a little older, maybe even guys he knows that aren't Evan Rodriguez, you know, things like that. that it wouldn't have been as bad, John. Yeah. And what's worse is that Jack Eichel is a. I am not trying to rip Jack. We but, all love him. Yeah. But, but, I, but I think maturity, I think it's taken a while for him to mature. But that's like any, any youngster. So I'm not, take, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that this is – but he's, he, he's, he doesn't have the makeup of Connor McDavid. That's a different thing. Connor McDavid was, was brought up knowing that he was going to be a captain from, from nine years old. Jack Eichel wanted to play hockey. Mm-hmm. It's like giving the captaincy to – to, to, to Patrick Kane. Right. I mean, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze is a great captain. And Patrick Kane is an Kane player. Is, yes, exactly. And Two that different is, things. And, that is, and that is the difference to me. No offense to Jack Eichel. It's not part of his makeup. But then the entire locker room was empowered by the, empowered by the Pagulas when they got rid of Bilesma. Right. If they kept Bilesma for one more year, then the locker room... Keep Bilesma for a third year and see what happens. But it's like when the locker room decide, finds out it can get its way by bitching to management ownership. We yeah. talked about the captaincy on the way here. And well, tell me what you, well, tell I, what you my, my thing is that, uh, you know, you can't rip him because it's not his fault, you know. But, like, also as a parent, you can't rip them because, you you know, you want your kids to like you. We can't have the generations go by and, and not have them even, like, interested. So you're like, no, he's our best player. This is our best player. Watch, let's watch. Oh, we lost. You know, you can't sit there and be like, this guy stinks and this is – because you want her to be a fan. You want your kids to be in it 
even though we're losing, you know? Right. But, I mean, the hope was that maybe, I mean, Steve Eiserman wasn't a good captain to begin with. No. And, and he emerged that way, but the, it, it was a collection of players that, 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 that Devilano and, 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 and the, the management there brought together. But um, you hope that this hasn't ruined Jack Eichel. Um, and he's had a tough season. He's not been healthy one game this year. John, I'll ask you this. He was he, you broke it. He was hurt. Yes. In, in training camp. And then the Sabres blow themselves in by saying, uh, yeah, he was working out with Ellis and he broke his cracked his rib. Right. Which they blew themselves in for a league violation. The Sabres don't like it. The Sabres <laughs> don't like that part. Yeah. But I will not go any further, but they uh they dispute it. They dispute it, but um no one's asked me to retract the story. I've even offered to retract that. Right. I've even offered to put into the story that the Sabres dispute that Matt, Al- Matt Ellis was, was with Jack Eichel that day. And they haven't. So I'm in the Sabres' bad books, and I'm fine with that because— Are you really? Is, is it, is this is coming out here, right here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys I, I, well, I mean, who isn't in the Sabres' bad books? In, in well, that's so what I was going to say. That's the thing. Yeah. Like we were, we were up at the Buffalo News a couple of years ago, and, and we were told, "You do not." What do they say these days? Clap back at the Sabers. You don't. You don't. You don't say anything bad about the Sabers. You'll lose access. Is that true? I'm not afraid about losing access because because you're it, an AP reporter, right? It, 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 it. If it means I don't get who who gets traded on when the day the day Taylor Hall gets traded. Uh, and I don't get it first, and Bob McKenzie will have it, or 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 a respected writer, you know, a colleague of mine like Lance Lysowski, and I apologize for mis- if I mispronounce it. If if he gets it first, the thing's going to be announced anyways. I'm going to write the story anyways, and whatever. It's I've been through enough. I mean, I've had enough ups and downs with with. I went through this with the Bills. Right. I went through this with the Bills for 17 years, and it's like, you know. Well, Look, I, 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 I hope they improve for the fan base's sake, but if, if they're going to hold stuff against me, I'm good. Do we, do the ownership, does the ownership know, and we'll even go into Ralph when he was older and when that Love all Ralph. started, or Ralph was a great man. Do they re- really know what the fan base feels? And now are they trolling it on Twitter? <sighs> that's funny that's funny funny. Uh, no i I, they're not trolling it they they know that they're that the sabers are not very good and it's they 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 know it and the problem is is that they need to get out of their own way and allow kevin adams to to, good thing i'm I'm glad to hear kevin adams is going to hire some help um yeah I want to see what he does, but it's it's just they need to have a vision and they have to allow that vision to follow it through because the Sabres, as they are built right now, are a Frankenstein monster of a team built with dead parts from different bodies. Wow. And no, You're, You nailed it, though. That's yeah, why I say it's, wow. But, but it's, 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 th- it's a team that's put together by three general managers to suit the needs for three different coaches. Yeah. So do the math, and with with unmovable parts there, in part because because Tim Murray was pissed off that he couldn't get Steven Stamkos, so he went to the next guy who was on his list, and that was Kyle Oposo. 
That was um, the next guy. That was the next guy. <laughs> oh, we were talking it, about it, it. No, it was a bad free agency. It, it, it was, was. It was, it was terrible. It, and he was coming off a pretty good year and a half. I wouldn't say two years. I like Kyle as a person. I like oh. him as a player. I, I, I mean, he he's fucking a, tries, man. He's a dear. Yeah. He, he's a good guy, but. I covered him two years earlier when I was covering the Capitals Islanders series um, in 2015 because one of our uh, my colleagues was 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 hospitalized, and so I got I got to cover a game in that I got to cover games in Nassau Coliseum, and Kyle Posto was a guy for three games I never really noticed on the ice. Um, the numbers look good, but. That team was John Tavares, and that's it. Yeah, there, he he had a little jam in the corner, and he was younger then. I mean, right. you look at him now, and, and I was all right with it because it seemed like you <sighs> talked about Murray, and I didn't like the money, but I always say it ain't my money. I don't right. give a shit. So, but you looked, and they were trying again. And so as a fan, we were looking at it like, okay, maybe he could string a couple – you know, maybe we could get 45 great games out of them and make the playoffs. We just want to make the playoffs. This is back. Now we're going into right. what the Bills did. And well, now we've we climbed a ladder. You this know? is Mario Williams. This is Terrell, uh, Terrell yeah, Owens. Yeah, right, Even yeah. though Terrell you Owens wasn't the guy. the team. No, no. It, it, it takes development. Yeah. you got to feel it. It's and the worst, part, the worst part with the NHL is they're guaranteed contracts that are tough to move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the NFL – you can trade a Marcel Darius, or you can cut a Marcel Darius, or you can trade a Sammy Watkins, or you can trade, you can move these guys, these big contracts, because they're not all guaranteed. It, it may hurt you for a year on the salary cap, but what Bean did in, in, in maneuver his way, maneuvering his way out of the salary cap trouble and into those, that, that was remarkable, that, that was impressive. But the Sabres can't do that unless they're going to have to buy somebody out. And we were talking about Kyle Alpozo when we were on our way here. Why didn't a guy like Kyle Alpozo take control of that room, John? Give him the C. Let him own it. Let him earn the money. Because it was Jack's room. That's terrible. Really? It's so Jack's room. It's Jack's room. It's Jack's playhouse, isn't it? It's Jack's room. Yeah. And once they committed to it. You can't take it away. And you look at guys like Jack or uh, McCabe. He's the fucking... Heart and soul of that room. I, I just by looking at him, how pissed he was in Madison Square Garden sure. early on in the year. Of he was watching the Rangers. I don't know if you remember seeing that. He watched the Rangers celebrate, and he was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Do I got to do this again?" And you're starting to see that out of those guys. Eventually, that's why those guys have to go. Yeah, because because you want to give it to him. You want to help him. Yeah, and say, "There you go." Uh, just like Mr. O'Reilly. For all of Ryan O'Reilly's issues here in Buffalo, uh, what he said, we spoke from the heart and he spoke mm-hmm. the truth. And 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 uh, the fact that people got angry at him speaking the truth is their problem. And that includes the Sabres who decided for a variety of reasons, and not just what he said, that may have been the last straw, but he needed to go. I think he needed to be traded for a variety of reasons, but... Um, I think the timing of the trade 
was wrong. They should have waited until there were more teams that were interested in Ryan O'Reilly so they could leverage more out of him because what they got for him is does not look good. They yeah. didn't get a fucking goalie. They didn't get. They, they didn't get. Well, you didn't well, get anything. You, you hope this it. USA. You, no, but you hope this USA defenseman that they drafted, the, yeah. you know, the thirty-first pick or thirtieth pick last year is something. But, but given who what he represented with his team, and what they got back f- f- in that trade, that was that was a terrible move. I, terrible I always move. say uh, we used to have a, a buyer that hop in in Pie. Started hanging out. Yep. Traded. Traup. <laughs> loved it. Traded. It was great. O'Reilly starts hanging around South Buffalo at the Irish Center. Love and life. Gone. <laughs> so, I, for Risto and all those guys, just come on into Maybe South that, Buffalo. There you go. That, that's the draw. <laughs> that is the draw. There you go. Well, let's put a bow on the Sabres, and then I want to talk some music with you. Um, can we put a bow on this team? Yeah, Jesus Christ, you're right. <laughs> We they, just got to hope and pray that we don't lose the fans that they should be gaining in the moment, you know, because the fans, the fans will come back. The, the Bills fans. I mean, I mean, it just well, we were I, always there. The, the, but the only problem with 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 the Sabres is no tailgating. And those those tickets are very expensive. Yeah, I don't understand. Bad Sabres. I see a lot of bad Sabres teams because that's what I can afford. Right. Yeah. I can afford to see bad Sabres. I, I can't afford to see good Sabres. So it, I don't know. I, I, I as a fan, I would not go. Like, that's why kids I think, love it the kids love it they do but it's, but let's go into this do the kids love it because a lot of my buddy's kids i i look at owen chase i huge mcdavid fan his brother who's a, who's a good young player good goaltender toronto fan sure the sabers are losing a generation of fans because they're listening to guys like us. They're like, Jesus Christ, we can't get yeah. anything going. They can't get out of their own way. This guy stinks. Who the fuck hires a guy named Ralph? You know, like, and things like that. I don't know if they're going to be. Kids are very impressionable, and they never forget. Like my father said to me, and I, I, I mean, when I, I'm 40 now, when Ico was drafted, whatever I was, he goes, they didn't get their guy. Right. They shouldn't take this guy. They should get as many Picks, players, whatever. Jack Oichel is never going to be successful in Buffalo. I think the Sabres right now are in trouble losing a generation of fans. And I don't think they realize that. They're very cocky, I think. as a, Just as an outsider, I'm not in where you are, John. That's what I see as a lifelong hockey fan. Well, I, I still draw back. I know you want to go into the Bills, I, like I, how I the Bills to, were. To a certain degree, because, I mean, there was – but I mean, there, there, there is that. There is that. But I do still know that this, as much as the Bills, you know, own this town to a certain degree, there is, I was, the, I was in 2006, remember when the Buffalo News had those coin things that oh, they, yeah. I you mean, couldn't get, people were selling them. Yes. I, I still have them because my wife wanted them, and she's not a hockey fan. Yeah. My wife, make sure you go to Seven Eleven and pick up the coin, the, the you know the yeah. you know the Danny the J P Dumont coin. You know, oh, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, must yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> complete the set. Yeah. Um, but I still think that that is all will always be there. And why I think why I think the Sabers can save themselves from losing a generation is if they if they rebuild. Do it right and start with guys like Darlene and Cousins. 
You think yeah. Darlene? I, I if, somebody's if, got if, to figure Scott, it out. If Scotty Bowman says that this guy could be the best defenseman the Sabres have ever had, as long as they don't ruin him, um, then I, I still think you know Scotty Bowman. And I, I quoted Scotty in, 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 in this story. I I think this losing is wearing on him. I think they need to find the right guy to be able to coach guys like Cousins and Darlene. And I think Darlene will come into his own. I you cannot. This 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 kid I mean, was he, a generation. He's talented. Yes. And but it's I, not like a tinker with the Lions team. He needs a team where it's like fire. Yes. And and they need to find the guy who can bring that out of them, and it wasn't Kruger. It yeah. definitely wasn't Kruger. But there, I've seen I, this kid, he's only 21. Yeah. You know, maybe the only benefit out of this slump is that he's not going to get the $10 million a year, eight-year contract yeah. extension. So that might be a yeah. good thing, but you cannot give up on somebody like Rasmus Dahlin. So Vision and awareness. Those are the things you never bump up on your character when you play those video games. <laughs> <laughs> you're, right about, you're right. So Granado stays, which I don't understand because uh, you were involved with this. You let this go on in some way, and didn't you, I didn't even hear him saying, this ain't right, what we're doing here. Granado, but what I've heard is he's a no BS guy, and he simplifies things. Maybe that's what we need because I don't want – the Providence head coach, because his associate coach is, you know who? No. Ron Ralston. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So he loses yeah. all credibility right there. So obviously we go into hockey operations, and this is where we're on with the Sabres. Hockey operations guy. You see what Pittsburgh has done, Hextall and uh, Burke. Dudley don't want the job. He's told me that to his face. The He's, Sabres don't want him. They've bad belt. Which I don't understand. The guy lives in Lewiston. It'd be it'd be it'd be a great marriage. Who is stupid enough to take their money though? Do you get a well, guy? Anybody is. Like Boudreaux. Does <laughs> Boudreaux like come Wonka's in here? Factory. You don't does, know what's gonna happen. Does Boudreaux come in here and try to get the same deal Kruger might have had? Or there was talks that hey, you'll be in hockey operations. You're the the safe point here. Let's get a little jam out of these guys. That's the problem. There's been too many guys who've, who've been brought in here and paid a whole bunch of money that, that, that in which the contracts they've never finished out. The Pagulas need to sit down and, and, and discover the next McDermott. They need to discover the young Lindy Ruff. I'm yes. not sure who that is, um, but they need to find a guy who... And they, they, they like Ralph. They, I, know they who fell it was. Love with Ralph. I know who it is, John. It was Kevin Adams. Who coached with Lindy? Why didn't he take the reins okay. to end the year? I will say this. I will say this, and I think I've actually tweeted this. <laughs> yes, I have. I'm not breaking news here. Um, there, two weeks ago, Kevin, two, three weeks ago, Kevin Adams was considering going behind the bench and taking over. Would have loved it. But. It's wheeling and dealing. Here's the problem. It would take away because you're you're dealing. It would take away from what he has to do as a GM, yeah. and that's trade Taylor Hall, and that's trade you know whatever whoever he can. So that's why there was a belief. You know, I I walked out of the last Sabres game saying my money. If my if I was going to put money on when Kruger gets fired, it's the day after the trade deadline. And that's what I think what the hope was. But, but, but they it, couldn't, fans couldn't see him. They, and I knew Steve, there was no belief in Steve Smith. 
There was no belief in Ralph Kruger. They were hoping that maybe the Sabres would win a few games and they can get through it. Um, but that was the initial plan that Kevin Adams was going to go behind the bench, but then it wasn't going to work because he's got other things to do. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see that, you know, Hey, with the bills, we turned it into a culture outside the stadium. That's, it was like bad football equaled huge giant party either way. There was at least a party. Yeah. And you spent your Sunday and that's why the one o'clock game was perfect. Everybody did their thing. You got to keep it one o'clock in Buffalo. Oh, Fuck no. these primetime games. One o'clock. It's a bad party. idea. Four and eight and Thursday night. They're we're, bad built, ideas. we're built for the 9 a.m. Get up. Get out there. Play your game. We stopped going to the big tree, the, the media, just because it got too sloppy there. Oh, after the game. You know, you get there at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, and it's like, eh, it's just everybody's like, oh, hey, what do you think about the Bills? <laughs> yeah. The last thing you want to talk to is what we think about the Bills. Like, give me a drink, and, like, we're going to talk yeah. about stuff. I know I have, like, buddies that I'm texting all the time, and, I'm, you know, it's like 1 in the morning, and we're like, we're texting about the Bills and the playoffs. <laughs> I'm like, I can't fucking believe it. You know, 25 years we've been not doing this. And, and we always say, John, oh, we have a little resentment because we didn't get those four days off because we were in grammar school at the time, and that was big here. They tell you Friday you're getting off Monday if they win. Right. So there was not only the disappointment of the loss, and now you don't have off. Oh, and right. You had to go there within back then, the and grammar school. And it's so hot in those rooms, those Catholic grammar schools and everything like that. Every substitute teacher's there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about right. uh, Louis Mistillo's uh, Oh, yeah, he has the theory that um, because there were so many terrorist threats at the time that a, a helicopter that was, like, patrolling flew too low and pushed the, the <laughs> kick out of the— On oh, Tampa. Yeah. And out, oh, of, yeah. out of the um, and there's footage of this too. It, and it's it, it's, it, it, it's it, in one of the movies. The grassy knoll yeah. theory <laughs> from Louie. Yeah, but you talk about uh, the magic loogie. <laughs> <laughs> Just rub his head. How do, how refreshing after all this? You get to the you know you get to Buffalo and we talked about Black Sunday and the Bills. Now we got a winner, right? And it's almost. Immediately when he's drafted Josh Allen, you think this guy might have it. You start hearing. When do you start hearing things that this guy's a winner? Well, to, to me, it's, it's it's even when To got here. I mean, I really. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I deal with players the way they deal with me, and I watch them, and I make up my own mind up about these guys. Mm-hmm. Is this guy? I mean, To had the world reputation of being a distraction. Mm-hmm. He he was, maybe it was because it was at the end of his career or whatever, but he was the least distracted. He was, he did not live, live up or live down to his reputation when he was here. And I've taken the same approach with quarterbacks, whether it's EJ Manuel, um, Tyrod Taylor. I want to see these guys play. I want to see how these guys interact, whether it's JP Lossman. I remember when, the problem with JP Lossman was, in the beginning, he wanted to change the media uh, of how the media did its job under his rules. He didn't like it when reporters might be whispering behind, whispering as he's talking or whatever. It's like he wanted, he wanted to command attention. And I go, it, 
it's your first year here. It's like, come on, buddy. It's like, mm-hmm. let's, let's prove yourself here before anything, before we start making you out to be somebody. Um, and you, you can see that in Drew. Bledsoe commanded respect. Fitzpatrick commanded respect. Oh, absolutely. Ryan Fitzpatrick commanded respect. And he, he ripped me. The first, it was the day he was taking over as the interim starter because whoever, Trent Edwards may have gotten hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the disasters. Yes, that but, but, Ryan Fitzpatrick will always start on the team no matter what. Right. But <laughs> Don't well, he's, He was a better quarterback than I mean, yeah. Ryan was. But, but, but he, he stood up for himself in saying, I am not the backup. I mean, this is something that I want to do. This is... I can't remember what question it was. It was probably poorly phrased by me. It happens um, on occasion. But um, you, those are the moments where you see something in people where you're going, hey, there's something more to this person than I first thought. Because this guy was a backup. I didn't know who he was. But it's, it's the same thing with Trent Edwards. When Trent Edwards, when um, the left tackle was, was, I think it was Jason Peters. It was Jason Peters was going through the whole contract dispute and didn't show up for um, the, the spring mini camps. Trent Edwards said, I, I'm not, uh, who, who's not here? Jason Peters? Well, he didn't even know? Well, he oh. pretended like he didn't know. Yeah. But if you're the quarterback of your team and don't know or won't acknowledge the fact that your left tackle is holding out because he wants more money and deservedly so, then I'm not sure if you're the leader of this team. And it's the same thing with Rob Johnson when he stood at the podium and somebody asked him if he thought he was a captain of the team. He goes, no, we've got enough leaders. I'm sorry. You're the quarterback. You're the quarterback. It, it goes back to that whole high school thing. It, like you're the fucking. Yeah. Quarterback. I mean, I mean, say what you will about captains in hockey. The quarterback is a captain no matter what because yes. he has to command the team. And I watched Josh Allen grow into that role progressively, and it wasn't as if he, when he arrived here, he wasn't the captain. I think he he matured into that role. And I like the way he's dealt with them. He's developed, and I still see that trajectory happening. And I was—I started believing in Josh Allen during his first year because I, I saw progression as on the field and off the field, and I, I respect that. And I have gone up to him on off to the side because it was his second off, first off season here in Buffalo after after his rookie season, and he was giving some flat bland vanilla answers at the podium i pulled him aside i go josh you just can't be that way you just cannot be that way it's like you know i i know there's more out of you and i went to the bills and said he can't be that way because this is just not he he needs to be more he needs to be more assertive at the podium sure enough that's that's what he became he became his own person at the podium as, as opposed to just giving vanilla answers. And that's the kind of respect that I respect him for that. He, he realized that it's, it's, it's something that you develop and you see with players. And uh, something I saw with Sharif Abdurrahim, I saw him go from a very timid guy to a, to, to a man in, in, in Vancouver. But when you see that happen with an athlete, you go, Good for him because I think he's got something. He, right. he he understands it. And people say, oh, he maybe he doesn't get Buffalo. Or I think he gets Buffalo. I think he gets everything. I think he he wears the Wyoming thing as a huge big rock on his shoulder. And I like the fact that you know the first day, his first day here in Buffalo, he had to answer a whole bunch of questions about the racist tweets that he made as a fourteen year old, and 
and he confronted them. He didn't sidestep one question, no matter, it got too long. We asked too many questions about it to him that first day, but he didn't shy away from answering every question, and I respect him for that. I will always remember him for it. We don't bring it up ever again unless it's something like this in a positive sense. Yeah. Because because he he got he got past that hurdle, and I, I you know knowing you know reading Tim Graham stuff about his upbringing in Fireball, which is actually uh, mentioned in a Bruce Springsteen song. Really? Fireball. Yeah. It's um it's 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 a it's a song about um guys on a train and they pass through Fireball. And that, uh, that's always caught my attention ever since <laughs> I, I've known Josh Allen. It's like, who, I, I didn't know what that lyric was until I, you know, Josh Allen arrived here. But, um, but you see that in people. You, you see how the character develops in people. And I would imagine it's something, to, something similar to what reporters saw in Thurman and Jim and, and, and those guys as they, were covering, as they were growing up here in Buffalo. Yeah, it, I was nervous a little bit when he was chugging the beers. But then I was like... No, he, he's playing it perfect. He He's adapting. He's taking, and we're very similar, I think, from Wyoming in here. Sure. And Yeah. And he, he really is playing it well. Do you think he's playing it too well? It's, it's, it, I mean, it, it seems that way to a certain extent, but I, I do think that he wants to be welcomed by this community and, and, and goes out of his way to make sure that he, he is Buffalo. Yeah, even though I, I think that too. You know, and, yeah. and maybe to a certain extent, he's trying too hard, but that's not a bad thing. I don't think. Right. I, I I really don't think so because he wants to be a part of this because I think he loves this and he's a nerd. He's a nerd. Let's face <laughs> no no he and people have called him out on that and and I think he's comfortable in that thing because I mean Lashawn when Lashawn McCoy in his first season in in Josh Allen's first season would rip would 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 playfully rip. Josh Allen in the huddle, then you know he's accepted. Then you know he, whereas Troy Vincent broke J.P. JP Lossman's leg in training camp. Oh, yeah? Be- well, he did <laughs> because J.P. Lossman wouldn't refuse to get out of bounds. And so in, in, in practice and training camp, he Vincent hit him, him and boom. Yeah, well, He didn't mean to break his leg. Yeah. But, but he was, was telling him. Yeah. You got to get out of bounds. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that was the, that's the thing that I respect about Josh Allen is because when he was taking all those hits in his rookie season, he acknowledged the fact that he has to play more in the pocket, and we've seen him play more in the pocket. Everything that has been questioned about him, he's improved upon. Accuracy, being playing in the pocket, winning games, um, not, you know, having, having his head on the swivel, reading defenses. He's improved on that. And that, you know, for people that may have not seen that and questioned him coming out of college, I watched this develop and I'm going, I'm going, yeah, this is, this is what I see. Built for us. This is who I, th- 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 this is what I see. This is what I can report. He's making improvements. Yeah. If he wasn't like EJ Manuel wasn't, Right. I'll write that. Yeah. But EJ Manuel wasn't making improvements. And he was a really nice guy. Was he but, really? Yeah. yeah. Great guy to talk to in the locker room. I mean, he was down to earth. He really wanted to succeed. But it's that, that it, it the difference between a guy like Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady and an EJ Manuel is maybe a, a, a half half a second of recognition. Right. And either you have it or you don't. And that was the difference. And 
And when you're writing, <clears throat> how much of what you've written affects how players answer your questions? Do they pay attention? Is there like a rapport that you guys need to have too? That's what we miss out of the locker room. I really? miss not having the locker room because the Zoom calls are so antiseptic. Oh, you're saying now? Okay. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in the COVID times, it's like when you can go up to a player and just, just talk about music or I mean I will talk about music I will talk about anything but football anything but hockey just to just to get to know the person just to have a conversation because I've got nothing to write about or I've written what I've written about and I just want to say hello and maybe one day I'm going to need to talk to this player and like we've got a rapport and 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 well that's big the drone, end I bet. that's the end John <laughs> closing time closing time already come on uh, but 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 you miss that. You you really miss getting to know the guys as as opposed to being on the other side of a screen. Yeah. Um. And that that's how you get scoops. That's how you get insight into people. That's how I know that you know Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, sorry, that Josh Allen is a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. He knows he. And that's the other thing about about Allen. He knows his football history, and he knows what Ryan Fitzpatrick meant meant to this team because he's talked to Ryan. So yeah. Um, who who do you think was your best rapport in your career as a you know at, athlete to reporter? Alex McGilney. Really? Oh, oh, that's great. My my father had uh, watch Alex back when he got here. My dad was a fed. This was in Vancouver. Well, no, when he got here. I know. So why is this? Yeah, tell us the story. Okay. This is, he got traded for Michael Pekka. Oh, yeah. I'm, with... in, I'm in Vancouver covering the Canucks. Yeah. And Alex McGillney arrives. And so his first training camp, they had it in Whistler, which is this, this beautiful resort ski area. Oh, it's gorgeous. It oh, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is just, just the drive to Whistler alone, two-hour drive. Is fantastic, and if anybody, if, if no, if anybody ever has a chance to do it, make that drive just alone, even if you're just making a U-turn at Whistler and drive back. Um, and so, for some reason, I don't know, I wasn't even working for the AP at the time. They gave me a lunch with Alex McGillie, so I'm just sitting there. <laughs> you smoking cigarettes? With no, him? no, I, no, we weren't. No, we, no, no, we weren't. Um, but it's like we're talking, and it's like, and he's giving me these like bland answers and. It's like I'm getting frustrated because I'm getting nothing out of Alex McGillney. It was like, and so all of a sudden he looks up and says, "Is that all you want?" I go, uh, "Yeah, I guess." He goes, "You just want shit." <laughs> I go, "Those Russians are great, aren't they?" No, sometimes Alex is great, and, and I go, "No, I don't want shit because it's like all you're doing is 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 you're wasting. You know, I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting your time." And that's when the interview began. And, okay. and so, and that's when we started talking because I, and I knew at that point, because, Hey, this is Alice McGillney. So you're going to be respectful to the guy and try not to, maybe I was a little bit too timid because I was, I, I wasn't working for a big publication, so I didn't want to piss the big star off. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's when, that was the hint that said I could ask challenging questions to him. And it was later that season or maybe a season later where a story came out where Alex McGillney said, uh, was quoted in the, sources said, Alex McGillney, either, either get me a center or trade me. And so that night, Alex McGillney has a four-point game and, they, and the Canucks win, six to four or something like that. So I get down in the locker room. And I and Alex and Alex, I, I I start smiling. I go, looks like you didn't need a center tonight, did you? <laughs> and he says, oh, f- 
Fuck off. <laughs> and he, with a smile. Oh, with a yeah, wide, yeah. Like, Absolutely. And like other reporters are going, oh my gosh. It's like, what, what, how could you ask that question? They go, come on. We're just, goof, we're just goofing around. And the thing that I will never forget is my first year in Buffalo, um, I got to go to Toronto to cover the playoffs after the Sabres were knocked out in the first round in 2000. And it was New Jersey and the Leafs. And Alex had just gotten traded to New Jersey. I walk in the Devil's Rock locker room, and there's Alex sitting there. He looks up at me and says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I go, I got traded too. I'm in Buffalo. How nice. So I, I, I seen every one of his games, uh, the 76. I was in the odd. And, uh, man, what a time to be alive in that auditorium. And I know we're talking about the winter, and I, I, I want to keep on the bills. But maybe if they're going to rebuild this arena, which is a shit arena. It's not going to happen. It's not going to no, happen no. anytime soon. They have soon. no money. They have no yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to see like a Camden Yards kind of deal with the auditorium. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. I know it's exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I think these barns got to do. If you're going to upgrade from, let's let's say, uh, 97. You're, we were built in 97, 98. 96, I think. 96. Yeah. The, the, the crossroads. It's Yeah. That, that's when the, <laughs> the Jumbotron yeah. crashed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a really good bootleg with uh, Gord Downey. Heard you heard. I heard you needed a new screen. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. And at the show, there's no jumbo shot. Right. Yeah, the Trouble Town House store. <laughs> but um, I would love to see them go back to that. And I think Terry has thought about it with the old odd club the right whistles you the know poor, the poor house and yeah right. like hey uh two minutes till face off like right the old odd used to do how difficult is it going to be for the bills to keep this image like eventually mcdermott and bean they're a winner now yep it's not gonna be forever how do they reinvent themselves as an organization, when they have to keep they they the NFL's a they're all busy in. They're, they're all in this year. They're all in. They're but, all in. But right. The good thing is the salary cap goes up after this year, so they're gonna have more money to, more money to be able to. As long as you've got Josh Allen, we saw this, and I don't see Josh Allen ever you know flaming out like a Trubisky did or or whatever. I he's I think, got twelve years. I and as long as you have Josh Allen, I think you have a chance. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 that was the most important decision. And Bean has acknowledged that was the most important decision. They had to get the quarterback right because you don't you get that wrong. And in Buffalo, how often have we seen them getting the quarterback wrong leads to a coaching change and a whole they have the quarterback right. As long as you get the quarterback right, you're here for a long time. That's it. Do you Ralph Wilson. I mean, you you said you know you want to talk about Ralph Wilson, but Ralph Wilson said, you know, it's like eighty percent is 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 the quarterback and twenty percent's luck. He was smart gentleman. Loved Ralph. Yeah, loved Ralph. Talk about Ralph. Just it's 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 you know I I got a few chances to I got I I did get a chance to go to his place once. It was his Hall of Fame year, and um, he summoned me. I was summoned <laughs> by Ralph Wilson, his secretary. Did they bring a scroll? <laughs> I was, I was, I, I, my wife's friend was here from uh, the Ottawa area, and we were having dinner at uh, um, Hutch's. 
And all of a sudden, my phone goes off, and it's like, Ralph Wilson. Huh? Uh, and it was a sec- Mary, his secretary, not his wife, Mary, but his, his secretary is, is also named Mary, and his assistant. And Mary said, John, uh, Ralph would be open to having the interview with you uh, here tomorrow at 1130. This is 630 at night. It's like, oh, Jesus. So we had dinner. I went to bed, and I was up at 6 o'clock the next morning and making my drive to, you know, um, to Detroit. The neat thing about him, it's it, it's it's the whole thing about you know the the the, the K cars or whatever the the old. He didn't drive fancy cars. His house was not fancy. Really, it was in a fancy. I mean, it was looking overlooking Saint. The the view overlooking Saint Lake Saint Clair was gorgeous. He was I, right next to the Gro- Gross Point Tennis and Yacht Club. Yeah, and they actually bought the house that was next door, and tore it down. Because Ralph said we didn't want a whole bunch, the chance of a whole bunch of kids, you know, getting there and running around the backyard. So we had, so whatever. But but it, it was it was a nice house, but it wasn't your big fancy Italian gardens kind of like with with like Beverly Hillbillies kind of mansion. Yeah. It was it was a neat place, and I didn't really. I told this to Mary Wilson when I talked to her back in December. I didn't realize that I was sitting underneath a Monet interviewing Ralph Wilson. Really? I mean, I remember the picture. I remember the painting. I mean, it's a Monet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just hung there in his living room overlooking Lake St. Clair, and we're sitting there. But I didn't realize that he had a Monet, an actual Monet. He had four of them, actually, until he died, and they, and they auctioned them off. Probably wow. gave it to charity, but Pro- it was probably. just right. But it was just right. It was part of the estate, and yeah. but it was just it, it was there in a nicely appointed area. There was nothing gawkish about it, um, and it, it was just. And I'll I I'm glad I got this into my obit on Ralph because I did I didn't want to write this the day he told me this um, because it would it was during the drought and it would not have gone over well among Bills fans, right. The Bills, it was Chan Gailey's first season. I always, at that time, I always got to talk to Ralph at the bye week. That they was were, his thing, wasn't it? Yes. They were 0-7. Oh. <laughs> and. I always felt bad for him. I, well, and, but and, I. Now, are you walking in 0-7? Like, the, uh, he's an I, older man. Phone. No, this is on the phone. Oh, okay. On the phone. So I said, hey, Mary, um, I'm calling for Ralph. Yeah, just give me a second. Ralph comes on the phone. And I worked this into the into his obit. It was the last line of his obit. Ralph said, uh, "John, I want to apologize for my team because 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 it's almost as bad as my phone system." <laughs> and it was, and, but that was Ralph. It's like he could fight, he could joke. He. I mean, yeah. and, and if I wrote that then, then it would be like he's making fun. He doesn't care about the bills or whatever. But in perspective, he was he, he, he always had a bright side to him. He acknowledged in that interview that 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 the, that the drought up to that point to 2010 was his fault, that he felt bad for 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 being feeling bitter about hiring Donahoe and never wanting to wanting to go outside again. The silver fox. Um, and he go and, and he goes. I, I'm not cheap because I, I signed to. <laughs> but do you think he always regretted with Polian? 
because that I, I mean th- that was before my time, so I I, I yeah. don't I never talked to him. I mean that'd be something for Leo Roth, who, who, who oh Leo's a great guy, Perryton, New York, who 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 Ralph nicknamed LD. Long distance. Because <laughs> Leo would always call him long distance. You're calling long distance. LD. Leo's a great guy. Coach Leo's gets him and his kid. Great. Parent in great New York. Guy. He great is, guy. He is a much nicer guy than I am. <laughs> so when you want to unwind in Buffalo yep. after covering some losing and some winning, where does John Waro go? I, oh, Sabres, that, that's right. That's what I really miss after a Sabres game. It's, yeah. it's just going to unwind at the Swanee. Yeah, yeah. Especially on Monday, uh, Mondays to Thursdays when Joe's when Joe's working uh-huh. behind the bar because that was always. I, I actually introduced Tim Murray to the Swanee, so like. Oh, he loved me. the Swanee. I know that. <laughs> no, I know that. I I'm the one who introduced him to it. Oh, oh there I you said, go. because yeah, uh, because he told me about his place back back home called Atkinson's, and I went there and. That's that's a cool little spot. It's kind of like yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I I remember sitting next to him and uh, we started talking. I'm not a star fucker, right? Like that. Sure. I, I like B list stars, not A list <laughs> stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I was sitting next to him. He goes, "Who the fuck are you?" So then I told him my history with the league and uh, my connections to the league. He goes, "Holy fuck, you know it all then? It's an old boys league." And I just got I'm. He said, and this is a quote, I'm about to get fucked over here. Right. And two weeks later, uh, he's gone. Hey, I, I, I smoke cigarettes with him every in, intermission. Really? <laughs> That's no lie. I'm sure he was a huge chain smoker. I, I, had, I had to walk him off the ledge a few times. We didn't talk a lot about hockey. So, so everybody talks to us about. Uh, but the Swanee House, I mean, my, my, my three spots, well, four spots Swanee House, Gabriel's Gate, the Pink on a Friday night, oh. and, and, and uh, Elmo's because that's Graham's bar, and I'll go up there. Venues? Yeah. Venues? Favorite venues in Buffalo? Wow, uh, the ballroom is a great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I just th- there's nothing like the ballroom that I've been to, and I, I've been to some really cool venues. But the ballroom, just the way it's configured, everybody's got to fit though, you know, because you can go to Mohawk Place and just see something that fits Mohawk Place, right? And you're just it's, like, this is the Mo- It's got to feel it out. It's I, the be Mohawk right. is fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, but it's just, I mean, yeah. You know, um, every everybody's got their fit. The ballroom does have, you know. You see different bands there. I hated the waiting room. Okay, yeah, the, the, because wait, it was so flat. The rec room. Yeah, did they change the name? I, I saw. Well, it was on Delaware. Yeah. It's like it went out of business because he wouldn't pay mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people. But yeah, um, and, and they had a lot of uh, hip hop shows. They were great. They were I, well, I saw I saw Isbell at the at the waiting room. But the problem was, it's like the whole place was flat, and the and the stage wasn't high enough that yeah. you couldn't see the stage. It was it was something turned into a venue. Yes, you know, and then like Showplace, they had Benny the Butcher re- like recently. Never been to Showplace. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, th- that's like back in the day when they used to make you sell the tickets to the shows. Right. You, know, you got to sell what, what you're going to make. I love the sportsman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, it, it just walking into that place, it looks like yeah. a shrine. Mm-hmm. It's just just the way it's it's configured looks really fantastic. Um, and the sound quality is great. Um, uh, but, yeah. yeah. As a Canadian, is the hip? As big as it is here, or is it not? Does it fade? There are a lot of Canadians that don't like the. Yeah, right. Because really, because because the hip are hip. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. But I, the bigger you get, I do think, and they're overplayed because the problem the problem with Canada is that there's Canadian content, and you have to play so many 
Canadian right. bands per hour. Yeah. And so people, the, the hip become the, the go, the hip and rush become the go-to bands. They're like the Dave Matthews band of Canada. Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> don't even, don't even come close to saying no, but, but to me, actually to me, what I appreciate the hip to me, um, and I, I almost have to come to Buffalo to appreciate the hip. Uh, they're like, that's a compliment. They're like, <laughs> yeah, the, right. they're like the stones and Pearl Jam. And I'm not a big fan of, fan of Pearl right. Jam, but they are like those two bands put together yeah. in all the best of ways. And I'm a huge stones fan, but I can hear the stones. I can hear the blues in influenced in, in them. Um, they were big, uh, a stone cover band growing up. I didn't realize up. that. And they had a See, saxophone that, that, guy. And that's what, uh, live between us, the live album. Really, he he did a mural. Uh, his name was David. I I can't. I don't know what his name was. I'm I'm gonna lie, but he did a mural. The hip lived between us because the old lady said, it's "Either you or me or the hip," <laughs> and that's what it's about. Right, the hip lived between us. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, they were our summer family. Was, yeah, oh, sure. Were, that's the way we look at it. Yeah, yeah and, and I was, well, uh, you know, I, I, I regret the fact that I never got the chance to see them because by the time it, it just a whole bunch, just like I never got to see a chance to see the Stones. You never seen the Stones? Really? No, no, I no, I know. <laughs> and they played at the stadium. You're the press oh, I was, I was no, I, I, I don't, I don't pull those. I, I don't like to use those strings. Well, and, here's the thing, and this is what I was going to get to. John's a small venue guy. I'm a small venue guy. Yeah, big in. Our mutual friend told me that, and that's what I want to get into, these backyard concerts. John. Sure, right. Tell tell Mark a little about this, of the experiences that you've had with with Tommy. Tell, tell, the, tell the whole story. It, it, but this is be even before, like, the COVID. Um, just before COVID hit, a friend of mine from Toronto said, introduced me to this band called Wussy out of Cincinnati. And they were playing. They were doing a whole bunch of like Tommy did uh, the, the 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 living room shows. And two weeks before, I saw Tommy in a living room. Tell, Tom, Tom, Tommy tell, Stinson, Tommy uh, Stinson. The, the bass the bass player for the Replacements, my favorite band of all time. Wow. Um, I, I actually, my my whole life is my whole life mantra is built around the Replacements, and and I believe Buffalo is a very Replacements town yes. that 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 fails. That fails despite trying to win, um, <laughs> no, they're, they're, but but does it graciously in some ways, or in some ways drunkenly. Um, but uh, I saw Wussy, and this is the neatest thing: is because the only the only because bands could couldn't make money at the time because there were too there were too few venues venues. But we saw Wussy in play play this downstairs home with forty people, and it was really neat. Yeah, and there, there's there's you could joke around with them. You could talk with the band. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've um, seen the video with, with you with, with well, Tommy there, there was that. Yes, there's yeah. that. There was that. That was in Hamburg, and and that's how Tim Graham got his nickname Flash. <laughs> Why? Because Tim Graham and and this I believe this story is out there, but it, it may not be. But Tim was trying to get a picture of me, and w because he was standing he was standing in the back of the room, was trying to get a picture of me and Tommy Stinson, and didn't re realize his cell phone flash was on. The flash goes off. Tommy stops mid-chorus and says, "What the?" <laughs> and it's like everybody knows who Tim Graham is in in in, in the room, and it's like, "Oh, Tim, you just ruined the whole show." <laughs> But you can joke around that way. It's, yeah, it's, it's informal. It's, it's, it's intimate. Yes. Yeah, it, and you talk about club shows. 
are these the new shows you think, John? I mean, they might be this summer. Well, I, right. Look what's this going summer, on I hope, here, man. Right. I, I, I hope not because a place like the Mohawk and a place like the Ballroom, um, those places need – a place like Sportsman, those places need to Fuck keep yeah. going. Um, I mean, I grew up in, you know, when I was in Toronto going to college, I mean, I grew, I, I lived two blocks, three blocks away from the Elma Combo where the Stones actually did a live album, um, years before, but that was just a great venue. I, there's still, I mean, um, the, the horseshoe in Toronto. Oh, I was going to bring that up. I, I, I seen, uh... that, that's down the street as well. It's like, I mean, those places are, I think the, I, when, when I, when I saw the Stone Temple Pilots in Vancouver, they played the gas room, which was, um, which was like a neat place with a, 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 I saw Cracker at the gas room, tw- uh, no, once. Um, but it's those places where you remember. I mean, I, yeah, when, when um, what's his name? Uh, Brooks, Garth Brooks came to town. My wife's a huge country fan. Yeah. And I got her tickets and we went to go see a big show. I, I, I I've seen Springsteen. Um, in a big venue, but I, it's it's different. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Some, right. There's few bands that I'll go to a big venue to see. I would go to see the Stones, maybe to see them. Um, it wasn't going to work out this year with the, uh, the Stones either way, but um, there's just something about being in those small places. But I, But then again, when I was young, I loved going to Cobo Hall and, you know, camping out for tickets and getting third row for Cheap Trick. And, and that's where the live album from right. Hip right. was but you, recorded. But you, oh, was it I, really? Yeah. They recorded in Cobo? Yeah, Cobo Hall. Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, I mean, Bob Seeger would sell out Detroit Cobo Hall for nine straight nights because he's from the area. But, yeah, Cobo, no, Cobo Hall, it's, no, it no, it's there, but the venue's no longer there. But it was a beautiful, beautiful – it sat 12,000 people. Yeah. I, was always, I always used to coach in uh, Windsor, the Rock Bottom – I used to go to this bar, the Rock Bottom. Oh, I know the place. You know the place. I know the place. I With know the garage door. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just like this, and uh, I would say uh, the hip put Cobo Hall on the map. Obviously, it has a lot of history. And then one guy said the Sheik put Cobo Hall. That's on the that's map. a fact. Yes. Talk about now we're going into yes. wrestling. Mark. Wrestling. No. 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 Oh. That, yes. And Dick the Bruiser. Dick the Bruiser. You're right. A lot of people don't understand Detroit hockey town. Great music, you know Seeger and the Canadian bands coming back and forth. But they were up until probably eighty five or maybe eighty two. They were known for the Chic, right? The, the Chic, not the Iron Chic. The I, no, original I, I Chic. I watched them on TV growing yeah, yeah, up. Maple yeah. Leaf Wrestling. And this guy, this guy used to cut people. Used to cut himself and like. That that was the big thing. How I always that's how I found out about Detroit. I'm a huge wrestling uh, historian. Sure. Yeah, and that was what Cobo Hall. Was. Oh yeah. This guy at the rock every, bottom. Every every Friday or Saturday night they yeah. had they had a wrestling show. Every hands down. This guy told me that Sheik built that building when I was at the Rock Bottom in Windsor. But I I, I saw so many good shows there. I I I, I remember it's the, the best last... show you've seen there. Well, but it's it's favorite shows. I mean, but see, the problem is, I it's been so long. I can't differentiate differentiate between shows I saw at Joe and at the Joe Lewis and and Kobo. But I do know for a fact, um, it was a last minute thing. It was a summertime deal, and me and three two buddies are going. Well, what do you want to do? Well, Tom Petty's playing Kobo. Okay, 
Let's okay. Let's <laughs> we, well, what the heck? Let's go. We got we got like last row seats, and the fabulous Thunderbirds open for them. Great show, and I, I still remember Petty. even in the last room or the last row. Trust me, <laughs> but I but I think my favorite show there would have been um, Cheap Trick with the Romantics from Detroit wow. first first. Um, first album with the pink they wore their their purple leather jacket out, outfits on stage as the opening act wow um i probably saw queen there too and i'm not sure if it was backed up by billy squire that buffalo could have been boy. joe a buffalo boy is he really i didn't yeah. know that yeah, billy squire is a buffalo boy i that i did not know yeah. yes i i the stroke me thing that was the deal yeah. <laughs> stroke me stroke me <laughs> Boom. so in your eyes the best canadian band is it, it well, I mean, oh, it, is it, it, ha, it has you to be the hip. You no, can count Neil in it, right? Yeah, you have to count Neil Young, yeah. who is the godfather of rock to in, in North America. Uncle Neil, because yeah, folk, because because Keith, folk, because, yeah. well, because Keith Richards is the godfather of rock and roll of all time. Um, but you're right about that. But I mean, because and then you, where does the band fit in? Um, mm-hmm. So and see, I. And then you got New Age. You, you got so well, many was, great bands in the last ten years. More yes. bands have come out. Uh, Metric, more, Japan Droids. Yep. Uh, yeah. Arkells. Uh, a lot. Of I'm these, not a big Arkells fan. Sorry. Really? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, a lot of these good Canadian bands come out in the last ten years, and a lot of people are forgetting about the twenty years before. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I, I I found this at. I found it at, oh, the House of Guitars. Uh, <laughs> Junkyard Dog out of Hamilton. No one knows this. I bought this cassette in like 1988. And Junkyard Dog, it, I, I can't, they, they came out with two albums, but their first album is incredibly good. Incredibly good. Um, the only problem is the bands out of Wind, that come out of Windsor suck. Because um, they don't get that Toronto exposure, well, or they don't get, get that. Well, way, no, right? he's like, what's that? The, the 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 heavy, grungy, stupid band that came out of Canada like twenty years ago. I hated them. Our Lady um, Peace? No, no, I can't remember what the what the heck. They, I'm glad I've forgotten their name. As a matter of fact, um, but uh, and uh, Big Sugar. I'm not sure if you're oh, with yeah, Gordy yeah, Johnson. I remember. I him. I was in a high school band with Gordy in a rock band with Gordy Johnson playing. Uh, base <laughs> that is no lie and then Gordy Johnson gets big and big shots me so it's like he doesn't want anything to do with me so and you're bigger than him now I am not bigger than him I just oh, don't you're care fucking gigantic I just, I, but, but it's on. like he big shots me I'm not um, you'll have to go through my record company to contact me well yeah. just give me I mean we went to freaking high school together yeah um, can <laughs> I get your email address just to say hello that's how well, we do it oh, now. I'm so, yeah I, you'll have to go through my record company to get a hold of me oh this this oh, is his shit. first tour. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's not like it's the sixth tour. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And we got a gold record here. And then there. and then he yeah. and then all these guys okay. Okay. Yeah. I know Gord's listening. Um, all these guys in his band, he gets them to quit CKLW, which was the TV station, to go on tour. He fires them after the first tour. Wow. Well there's a couple other good uh Bands up there, but no, the, the the hip Tokyo I, Police Club. I like Roller Bird Advantage. There's some good ones. They're good. Yeah, you know those guys. I I've heard of the Tokyo Police Club. I've sampled them. I'm, I can't remember if I liked them or not. Yeah. Um, Take but, them or leave them. They didn't te- last last the test of time, but they were in like a whole first season of Shameless. Oh, yeah. were they? Were yeah. they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. watched Shameless. Oh, so yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, check it out. It, but rewatch the first season; they're all over it. But I think in the big picture, as Canadian bands go, um, what the Tragically Hip did in make in making Canadian history poetry, um, it yeah. makes them makes because they they wrote about Saskatchewan. They wrote about you know Tom Thompson, Swap, Bill Barocco. Yeah. No, right, Bill yeah. Barocco, and, and they wrote the Thompson Girl, and 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 just they wrote about Canada. Which I think makes makes an argument that they uh, they wrote about Bob Cajun. Does, who yeah, heard about Bob did Cajun? Did any other band go out in a more perfect way? You can't. You uh, can't. He, I I wish they. I wish they didn't go out. Well, right. Yeah. Obviously, and you can't replace him. But to see him scream like that at the end of that right. last show, right? Geez, yeah, I'm a, my I'm wife's like, turn right it off. off. Yeah, like, it's like the, what's me the and the wife. What's the what's the the Boston player game with the he goes through the Bobby Orr? Buckner. Oh, Buckner. Buckner. It's like the Buckner game. Don't watch it. <laughs> me and my <laughs> me and my wife are huge huge fans. We can't watch Long Time Run. Right, right. Can't watch it. Sure, because we seen it. We did the Toronto show. We did two Toronto shows. Oh, good for you. And then. Obviously, we're not going to go to Kingston, but we had, we had a bar at the time, and we did a live show. Yep, you should not a dry eye in the place sure. when he was screaming. Right, and like this is it. I don't know of is there any other band that went out like that? That's, that's this tough. is it. You you could make the case for Queen and being at Live Aid, and they kind of knew. Right, yeah. exactly. You yeah. could make that case, but but this was yeah that, that was a that was a perfect farewell. Wow. And I watched him in Toronto get carried off stage and come back for an encore. Right. And when our friends were saying, oh, no, they're going to do a Buffalo show. Yeah, that's what everybody a- thought. It was like, oh, he's going to. I like, came oh. back from Toronto and I said, boys, yeah, it it's over. Anymore. It's over. If you don't get to that Hamilton or Kingston show, see you ain't going to yeah. see another one. But uh, give me the best locker room story you got, John Morrow. Well, well, there's 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 an emoji of me. Why? Oh, really? What, what is, oh, really? Was Sean there? McCoy? No, I don't know this one. No. Oh, it, it, so it's a gif, a gif, well, a gif. A gif. GIF? It, it it went viral. I have to look it up. We'll, it went, we'll post it. It, it went really? viral. Did it really? Yes. It's like it, it was Lashawn McCoy's first game in Philadelphia. Going back, they were going back to Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, Lashawn McCoy goes off in the locker room and says, uh, "I ain't gonna shake shit." Shake what? Like chips? Hand? Chips hand? Chip? Remember because Chip, Chip Kelly? Yeah. Chip Kelly? Oh, yeah. And I just happened to be in. I'm like left, right shoulder, left shoulder guy. Yeah. And the camera's right at me, and my face goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really other. Yeah. We gotta find it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, that, one, one last thing before we. It, so Twitter. We were talking about you're verified on Twitter. You got the blue check mark thing, and. Uh, <laughs> It's to so, go with the little bad blue, yeah. Yeah. So, do you ever go on Twitter and Adam Schefter reports something on the Bills, and you're like, "How the fuck does this guy slip past me?" You know what I mean? I know. I know how it happens. You oh, know how you it do? happens? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us? Or? Well, no. It, it's just that that they have the reputation where, and it, it's it's well. I have watched this happen in real time. No, I, I I that I don't know, but I've watched this happen in real time when I was at um um one of the UBs. Um, workouts, uh, like their pre-draft workouts. Like Mac? Like the, the, the pre-draft workouts where all the scouts show up yeah. and, and agents are there. And I've watched, an, I've watched an agent actually immediately go to his phone and text the time to, um, to like two, two different reporters. 
and, and their, their, their condition. Level. You know where this goes. Yes. And and within like you could go, you watch that, you go here and and you go, oh, there, and there it is, and it's right there. It, I mean, he's the king, right? He's, I, look, he, this is the way it for works. football. He he's got to be the it's top the, dog. Right? It's the way it works with you know with with all those people in those positions, and um, every once in a while, uh, people get it wrong. I've gotten it wrong, so I shouldn't talk. Uh, but you know, but the whole Rappaport thing and him blocking me for getting the whole Antonio Brown thing wrong, he that was irresponsible. And the fact, the fact that he's not apologized for how wrong he was. Well, go in, um, go in there. What, well, he, he's the one who tweeted that, you know, um, the Bills are closing in on acquiring Antonio Brown in a trade. And you said? And eventually, I, I, I mean, I checked my sources. I believed him. Oh. And I immediately got pushback. On the, on, oh, okay. I immediately got pushback. And then... We were extremely skeptical. We didn't write anything. And um, I tweeted, as I believe Vic Rucci did as well, that this trade isn't happening. It, it ain't working out here. Yeah. And then I do. I was the first to get it before Schefter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but because your adrenaline's up and it's like, oh, my gosh. It's like and you're waiting for something to break. And it was my night to do the dishes, and it's three thirty in the morning, and I got a text from somebody <laughs> as I'm great. doing the dishes. That's great. Yeah. This is, I mean, this because, is because because you're a normal fucking person. Right. And that's what these guys got to realize on Twitter, the trollers, whatever the fuck you want to call. Them. Right. And uh, actually, like five after three, I'm doing the dishes, and I get a text from somebody <laughs> saying, "Yeah, that that thing's not happening." And I tweeted that the, the trade Antonio Brown is not coming to Buffalo. And ten, five minutes later, Antonio Schefter, who may have had his headphones on and while doing his dishes, didn't hear his phone go off, um, you know, or whatever. But he tweeted that five five minutes later, and it's like, yeah. and Rappaport has never apologized because I know how he got the story, and he shouldn't have. And I thought it was irresponsible, and I've called myself out for being irresponsible on the Milano thing, so um, I shouldn't talk. Well, well, here, here's something too. One real. So, does that ever happen where you get accolades from people when you're ever right? Like, twi I feel like Twitter makes like people giving you a pat on the back, kind of like not, it doesn't happen anymore as much. It, Is there, it, it are there does, people but that do? About your writing and everything, it's, are there writers out there that give you? Yes. Okay. But it's like there are times. But I, I've come to I've come to regard it with my hot and cold. But you, you can't live without Twitter. But I just find Twitter to be a um, a drug that you need to not um, overindulge in. Mm -hmm. And it's good for facts. Yes, for what we're doing, and there's some etiquette to it. Yeah, but it's it, gotta it, have it's etiquette. quick. It, it, it's it's information that comes immediately that is something that the world has never had. Yeah, and I don't think we're ready for it. I think that we need a little bit more craft on our news. I don't think we ever will. But I, but I, do I you agree. I, I like the fact. I, I I do I do not enjoy the fact, but I think I respect the fact that it's down and dirty and mm -hmm. it's immediate. Because yeah. that is, there's no, if you softened it up or or censored it to a certain degree, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be Twitter. And I, but I like the down and dirty aspect of it because I don't mind getting down and dirty. Um, it, it, you, you have to, you have to. And I'm a replacements fan and those guys were as down and dirty as it gets. That's what I'm talking about. Ah! Who's, who are they going to hire for? Coach for the Bills for the Sabers. I don't know. Okay. I, I I don't know. I've not gone that far. Um, I, I I hope it's somebody who is who is brought in with because of his vision, 
Not so much a winning percentage? Not, not so much as X's and O's. All right. Uh, are we going to do... And it's not Kruger. I don't want... I don't, <laughs> okay. No, I, I... You don't no, want a guy like no, that. But like, I was, they, no, it's I, good we, that they thought out of the box, John. We, no, we all like Kruger when we heard him, but he I didn't change did. his voice. Why did we? Why did we? Um, because I... But, but I think it's somebody who, who needs to come in here and know firsthand that the culture needs to be, the first thing out of his mouth needs to be the culture needs to be fixed, needs to be addressed. Kruger didn't say that. Housley was shocked when I asked him 16 months into it, like, sorry, eight months into his job, did you underestimate, I asked him, did you underestimate how much the culture needs to be fixed here? Yeah, as a matter of fact, yes. Well, you're I done. can't believe he said that, John. Yeah, I, can't, I, I can't believe he acknowledged it. <laughs> but but, that's, but th that's, where, that's where it's at. We, the, the person who the Sabres hire, his first priority needs to be fixing the culture, and that needs to be the thing, first thing out of his mouth. John, yeah. I was... I coached midget hockey at the time when Housley got hired, and I seen him get berated by a certain player, and I go, before I could even say it, four kids go, are you fucking kidding me? What a fucking <laughs> pussy. Right? We need that red ass. And you know where he is. He's in Columbus right now. Oh, Torts. Torts, and, 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 and Torts has a short shelf, shelf and, life, but he'll get to the got team a right, the playoffs. He's got a right, and he's got a left. I like Torts. God, I, God, I, God bless John Muckler. He know he stuck up for Johnny Muckler. He's an old guy in the league. This is what we need. This is what Buffalo needs. And if you gotta get, if if you're not on board with sign Torts, him, sign him to a two year contract. Two if he years, makes the, yes. and if he makes the playoffs in the second year, then you proceed. But yes, Torts, for what he is. Has a short shelf life, and um, I, I respect him. I I, I love I mean, him. I I covered Mike Keenan. Oh well, I had Keenan in in Vancouver, and and some of the things. But but he's Torts is an old school guy, but the shelf life is short. Bills, uh, uh, Bills. What do you think? Do you think we go edge rusher, uh, running back, or cornerback? What I, do you, I mean, we need. I I don't. Okay, and here's my thing. I read up on the draft around April the 15th. Really? I don't pay any I mean, attention because anything that is out there right now is people spinning. And that's where I got burned on Milano. Um, but there are people spinning a whole bunch of stuff. And we don't know. The Bills don't even know who they're taking right now. Oh, they yeah. have an idea. They have it. But the board becomes more firm April 15th or so, and that's I, – I think they need an edge rusher, but I don't know who's out there. I think they need a cornerback, but I don't know who's out there. And if this at 10 guy, uh, the running back mm – -hmm. That's might, what everybody says. I, I, I wouldn't fault them for taking him because he – Because look different what happened at the end with Zach Moss getting hurt. Singletary drop in the pass. Right, but – but he adds a new dimension to the offense. I do think they, though, they need to help the defense. Definitely. And we're not going to be able to afford another cornerback, so we need to. I feel like right. we need to get it right now. Yeah. Right. Nip it in the bud, make it cheap for a couple of years. I think Bills fans really trust uh, Bean and McDermott. Sure. Let's give them twenty years. <laughs> and license to talk. Really trust John Warrow. Ah. John Warrow. Thanks for coming and having a, a couple beers with us. John Warrow, you are now listening to the talk. Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you.